Good morning, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. There's a pre-recorded, Geordie's here, Geordie's there, and uh, welcome to George, Kevin, Stu, Steve, Owlid and Mitch. As always, we've got an hour of NUFC chat, and uh, we've uh, got a, a couple of things which we're going to talk about tonight. First off, ESM, we've spoken about it many times on the show, talked about them potentially leaving. Interesting links we... Uh, uh, we have this week with a, a potential move to Saudi Arabia. We know that the likes of Everton, Crystal Palace, Marseille and, of course, AC Milan have been keeping an eye on uh, the situation with ASM. And we've seen more cryptic messages this week uh, from uh, the Mercurial winger. But uh, interest has emerged from PIF-controlled Saudi clubs, Al-Nassar, Al-Hilal, Al-Itahad and Al-Hi. Uh, so, Al-Walid... I'm going to come to you first uh, so you can laugh at my pronunciation of those places um, and, and, and ask you what your opinion is on ASM potentially coming to a Saudi club. Do you think Do you think this could happen? Uh, well, first, let me correct. It's Al-Hilal, which is my team. Al-Nasr, which uh, the rivals of Al-Hilal. And Al-Ittihad, Al-Ahli from Jeddah, they are rivals as well. Uh, well, Maximin, um, I still didn't find a, 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 a solid source. So far, it's just rumors. I don't know, maybe maybe, maybe your lads hear something solid, but for me, nothing solid on this. Because we, we link to many players as Newcastle. Do you think the Saudi people would be excited to see him out there, al Walid? Uh, well, uh, I think, uh, I think yes. I think yes, and uh, he will be a good deal for uh, for Saudi League. But uh, if we see uh, Maximin uh, uh, a dream about remember the Ballon d'Or and France team and Champions League, this is not fit with uh, playing in Saudi Arabia. So I, I think this is just a rumor. I believe he will stay in Newcastle, and uh, he will do better next season and. Uh, Either he win and he win his spot in squad, or maybe he he transfer to another club next season. Yeah, this is just opinion. Yeah, what 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 kind of money would would, would do you think he would go for Al Walid? Uh, Steve, um, uh, of course he will be if he will transfer. He will be in the same uh, value uh, market value, maybe some a little bit extra. He can't go for uh, crazy money. Because, or else they will investigate. They, they investigate Chelsea players with the arrival of Newcastle. So how about if we get Newcastle a player? So I don't think this is going to be easy. Okay, good stuff. Thanks, Alvalid. And uh, George, your views on on ASM now being linked with uh, clubs, uh, PI, PIF-owned clubs uh, in South. I, I look at the sources of where this is coming from and... Uh, I think I begin to believe what Stu's saying. It's somebody, somebody's been watching the professionals and then made two and two and come up with five. Um, I, I'm not sure why they would they would necessarily you know hit on 
ASM at the moment. He hasn't got the profile that some of the other players that have gone out have. The other thing that intrigues me intensely is if um, would it be this fuss if he was going to America or anywhere else for that matter? But because it's going to South, they're talking about Saudi Arabia. Suddenly, it's it's all important, and that and that, that intrigues me as well. So, no, my my good feeling is is that uh, we've got this far in in the window, and and no um, other than interest from Italy. Uh, there's no other great interest, although hints today about, uh, or yesterday about uh, uh, Everton was it uh, yesterday saying yeah. that they were they were had expressed an interest. Um, other than that, nothing concrete, and I I think it's. Uh, as Al Walid says, it's it's more likely he'll stay here and and start the season with us. I think more cryptic messages, George, as well on his on, on his Instagram. You know, I mean, I don't I don't watch yes, I don't yeah, follow any of the players. Yeah. I've got to be honest, but more no. cryptic messages. It doesn't really help, does it? Yeah, I'm saying it doesn't help, George. Well, well, it doesn't. More about him than it does about anything else. Mm -hmm. um so yeah cryptic messages indeed you know I, I, I always don't follow instagram but but these messages find their way through and and you, you hear what he's saying and uh, uh it isn't helpful and and uh, to be honest whoever advises him advises him very badly because he it's the last thing he should be doing uh, it's the last thing he should be doing I, i'm laughing because of <laughs> When Albaline went out, it's cocked everything up. Everyone's all over the place now, so we'll just have to go with it. You know what I'm like? I like to be very, I like to be very methodical now. Everyone's, everyone's all over yeah. the place. Like it's like messing around. Still with it definitely is. Stu, ESM, I mean, you know, we all know trolls in the chat always chats, um, you know, positively about ESM. We we all have our own opinions. Um, some people think he's going to go. Some people think he's going to stay. It's, um, you know, it, it's just another it's just another set of clubs, isn't it, really, that we've been that he's been linked with. And, um, you know, I, I'm often a, I'm often the belief there's no smoke without fire. Um, and, I, you know, I think is it am I right in thinking that you're one who thinks he will go this this summer? Absolutely, I, th I think yeah. he will for, for a number of reasons. But similar to the Madison thing, remember there's three key component, three key components to any transfer, and that's a, a willing buyer, a willing seller, and the player. So, if you break it down, if we get the right fee, if the club get the right fee, I suspect they would sign them, uh, sell them. You just need to find someone who's willing to pay what the club will value that, and they can point fingers and say, "Look at this person, look at that person who's went for that fee." Uh, and I think the reason for Alan St. Maxwell is because he is he's an exceptional talent. It's just not shown enough. And, and that's not good enough for a team that needs to be consistently challenged at the top end of the league. You know, whether it's a Maverick or Enigma or Mercurial, as you referred to him earlier, what you need is consistency with that. And that separates the wheat from the chaff, as in the, the top class players and the players who can occasionally put it on and he, he falls in the latter category unfortunately and whether that's just down to his own opinion of himself or his own attitude I don't know but regarding this I know George just alluded to earlier what me and Mitch were talking about on the professionals last Sunday was I think it was initially about the Chelsea players going to Saudi Arabia and it says well imagine the Fiore when and Newcastle player eventually does 
you know, you'll get people thinking paranoid enough that all of that money was spent just so they could sign ASM for 40 million or Jeff Hendrick for 10 million or Ryan Fraser for 15 million. You know, that's why they spend like crazy amount of money to do so. But uh, just to carry on that theme, the, the people who could be, Henrik could go, Fraser could go, but we get a fee and these could be tempted by a big salary. Lewis, Jamal Lewis, he knows he's going to get picked for his national team as long as he's playing football. It doesn't matter which league he's playing and he's going to get picked for his national team. So if he's on, I don't know his salary, but let's say he's on 20 grand a week and he gets offered 80 to 100 grand a week for a three-year contract, he'd be, he'd be crazy not to take it. And with Steve Gerrard there taking a managerial role in the Saudi League, which isn't PIF backed, by the way, you know, they have to start pointing the fingers elsewhere rather than just Newcastle. But also, we just have to get used to the fingers getting pointed and just pretend they've got gloves on. They won't hurt. And we can have a full debate about this for hours and hours and hours, so it won't. But I, I just think, will ESM realistically be happy being a bit part player? At Newcastle, which realistically he will be, uh, if he's if he's still in the squad come the start of the season and beyond, and I think his opinion of himself is a lot greater, and his worth to the team is a lot greater than what Eddie House is. So it would make sense for all parties for him to move on, but of course we're not going to sell him. He is probably one of our most sellable assets, so they're not going to sell him just for the sake of selling them. The fee would have to be there to to make it worth our while as well. When I say our, I mean the clubs. I was on the panel. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, off the Saudi match, um, ASM, do you think, or is it just more paper talk? He could be off anywhere. Who knows? You know, the, the clues in his Instagram. And this this is where I think 100% he knows what he's doing. He uses social media to curry favour with a certain portion of our fans who then defend him to the hilt. I've even seen people today saying, oh, just give him another year. He might do a Joe Linton. I'm sorry. He's had enough time to improve in that kind of way for me. Um, and I think he knows he's going. I think his little message at the end of last season was a goodbye note, but it was to deflect a little bit back onto the club rather than take responsibility for himself. I'm trying to work out where he is at the minute. Um, he could well still just be in the south coast of France, really. Uh, there's no real clues in, in the, the surroundings. Um, but this whole stay quiet and the, the, the dove with an olive branch uh, emoji, which I gather is often used to say you're off to find new land. And so, you know, I think he's uh, he knows what he's doing. And it's not helpful. It's just not helpful at all. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I'm totally in agreement with Stu that if somebody's prepared to pay the right money for him, we will cash in on him. I think he's one of the saleable assets within the squad um, that I think would be viewed as replaceable. Um, and yes, it would divide fans. We're still... I still can't believe here we are so far past the takeover and there's still so many ways for us to fall out with each other. There's still so many ways for us to turn the guns inward and start picking away at old scabs and start, you know, 
ramming wedges into, into little cracks just to, to have a go. Um, and I know uh, you confused me, first of all, when you said good morning, but of course I keep forgetting this is a pre-record. Um, I'm not drinking it, wine in the morning. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> something that we might... Um, I mean, it's something that potentially we could have already touched on on Amigos on Friday, so I'll keep my powder dry on that one. Because uh, I think if you say the wrong thing on Friday night, you might get a very long run off me. Um, or the wrong thing, I don't know. But it's frustrating to see him continuing to do it when actually, if you want to do something in silence, just shut your mouth. You don't have to post anything, you know. Um, it's it, it it frustrates us, but like I say, um, I think I can see him going, and and for the right reasons, really. Uh, I think we need to go forward. Um, I think we need somebody who was consistently delivering. Um, I would love him to be consistently deli- consistently delivering, but I think I've been saying that for three years now. And and I don't know how much longer I can say it. Okay, Steve. Ugh, lads, how weird, man. He was brilliant under Bruce. What he's on about? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> how many times have we heard that one? Uh, you're right, Mitch. He's, he's, he's inconsistency is the only consistent thing about him. Um, and you, can't, you cannot get consistency from the bench or from the treatment table. And uh, that's all. That's all he's managed so far. I mean, people saying, "Oh, they would have him straight in the team." Who the, who the, who they're going to have him ahead of? Going to stick him ahead of Joe Linton? Going to stick him ahead of Anthony Gordon? Um, there's two for a start that down that side. Um, this is where it become. This is where it becomes a problem for because for, for the for the manager, I suppose, because he, he's then got to balance whether or not he has an unhappy player who wants first team football but can't give him because he's not part of a he's not part of the the squad in in that respect he, he sees himself very much as a, a starter for every game but his injuries don't allow him to do that and you're right his consistency's gone in terms of when he does come on his goals aren't there um his his style of play has changed you know we we went on an awful long time about about wanting them to do more wanting them to be more of a team player but I think we realise that that has an impact on on how impactful he can be during a game uh, because he's all about that dynamic. He's all about doing something different. Um, and, and, and he is. A, he's a wonderful player. Um, goes to Saudi, whoever, whichever club gets him in Saudi, they're going to get half their money back because going to John Joe Shelby gets fined every day uh, when he turns up for wearing various attires of jewellery and rings and God knows what. Um, or according to Steve Clements, it's because he takes the kids to school first, and that's why he gets fined because he to- he comes in late. Um, they're interesting comments, and they're comments that I've heard this season um, uh, voiced towards him in terms of, uh, of of how he conducts himself within the within the changing room. Everybody said he's a great lad, but there's always a but. <laughs> sorry to sorry to jump in, Steve, but there's yet another example of him yeah. finding ways to have his his behaviour excused. Oh, but he takes the kids to school, you know. Yeah. So he's got somebody defending him again there. And you'd have players in that squad thinking, hey, he's 25 minutes late again here. Yeah. Oh, but he's a good lad. He takes the kids to school, you know. 
<laughs> exactly. And, and, and so much the management, management team seeing that, you know? Yeah. And, and it, it, that, it was always the frustration with someone like him that he will be given leeway, he will be given sort of extra rope to hang himself with. And, and again, another thing I've seen people using to defend him is that picture of him skinning Walker while Pep's on his knees on the touchline. That's fantastic, but tell us how many times did you do that this season? Three times? Maybe it's once. Maybe three times. times in that game, but one game. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, and again, you go, you got somebody within the management team excusing behaviour. That would be pissing other people in the squad off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if we've always said it depends which ASM is going to turn up. And then, and I think that, I think the trust goes from a manager. Um, I'd be interested to hear what Kev says because obviously, in on the coaching side of it, you know, you see some really dynamic footballers who you know can do everything on the, on the training pitch, but when it comes to you know getting that message out on and in, in a game, they don't they don't produce it for you, and that must be frustrating as a coach, Kev. Steve, I've just said before Kev speaks. If you look at what he does, he's a one in not even a one in five, one in six, one in seven, one in eight. Really good performance over a season. Shelby was performing better than that statics-wise, you know, statistics-wise. He may have been a one-in-four, one-in-five good game, but he got pelters from the fans. So why is the SM getting defended? What we need is people who are five out of six good games, and that's what we've got with the rest of the squad, and that's why we're in the position we are in now, and not relying on someone who, unfortunately, put turns all when it, it seems to be whenever the wind's blowing in his favour. Yeah, it's difficult, Kev, isn't it, really, uh, for, for, for fans, because we all have favourites, we all have people who we, you know, we don't want to see, you know, in the team, and um, ESM definitely splits opinion, as Mitch says. He does, and, well, how to follow all of that, um, leave it up to the coach. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's, it's a detriment to his, his own self, um, like everybody's saying, like Mitch, everybody, whatever, just, he's pretty much hung himself too many times, Um in the dressing room, on the on the field of play itself, um, for me, he's not even one in ten. He's not even that. He's just. I mean, I don't know. He again, he's the detriment himself. Like I said, and basically, he needs to go to a counter-attacking team when he played under Bruce, in my opinion, because that was when he was at his most effective. Um, he's not the track back work hard. He's uh, look. I don't care if he's got to take his kids to school or whatever. It doesn't matter. You're part of this. Um, regime and this ethos now this is uh, get get up 10 20 minutes earlier get up you know what i mean do what you have to do to get your thought force your way into the first team it's, and he hasn't done that he's expecting because it's alan samaxman and i can do what i want and i can go and do this i can go and do that i know of certain things even from two seasons ago when he was parking in the wrong parking space and that pissed players off and to piss the staff off, to piss the building people off, or whoever it was, you know, and like whatever it was, that's what he did because it's I, I can do what I want, and I'm going to get away with it. Well, in my world, if you do that for too long, you're not you're going to be sitting beside me, son, and keep him in the bench warm, and that's going to piss him off even further, and that's just going to drive him out of the club essentially. And I think that's what the club club have been very clever at doing. Um, I think if he goes. This summer he goes this summer, but if not, it'll I think it'll be a bit of a money maker in January. Um, you know, somewhere with within twenty five to thirty million pounds, I think it'd be that'd be a good bit of value, good bit of business. 
a good bit of sponsorship, you know, sponsorship money, legal sponsorship money, we should say that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so if he goes, he goes. I'll not be too disappointed. I think there's better, there's better out there, to be perfectly honest. And um, again, the product, what he brings is minimal to none. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Kev, I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, Newcastle have obviously enlisted the help of uh, Stadia by GL Events and KH Stadium Seating Solutions. They manufactured and they installed the rail seats at Anfield, Ellen Road and Molyneux. Um, it was also those experts uh, who helped fit the 600 rail seats you might have spotted in the away end at St. James's Park last season. Anyway, mm. they're back now. Um, yep. The seats were removed from Strawberry Corner and the new independent safe stand and barriers have been fitted alongside the newly attached seats in the section of the Gallagher end. Now, Mitch mentioned earlier about our fans always finding something to complain about. Uh, people are complaining about this now. Um, <laughs> you know, you can't make it up. People are saying that it's not as good as the Liverpool stuff. It's not, it's not as good as the Liverpool seats. Um, I, I'm not being funny, like, but nobody's actually physically seen them apart from the people who put them in. Um, we don't know, you know, people people are probably <laughs> twisting. Uh, Dave from Heaven's probably twisting about this and he's not even going to be, he's not actually going to be in there. He's not actually going to be in there. He's going to be sitting in the bloody barracks or something. Uh, yeah. But it, it's, it's just crazy, isn't it? I mean, we wanted safe standing. We've got safe standing. For God's sake, just embrace this, embrace it, be be happy. And exactly, and it's not even bloody finished yet. It's not done. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, I, it's a great dark grey rail in a dark grey seat. Yes, it doesn't look fantastic. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna cry over the spilled milk about it. You know, because they might put a design in there. Who knows what they're doing? I know that from what I've been told. Thankfully, she's she will be here when this goes out, but she's on a flight at the minute. Who I've been told that they're delayed. There's been a lot of delays. There's been a lot of problems. So, um, and I know level seven is going to probably going to be full uh, safe standing uh, or to that effect in some way, shape or form. But again, like the, the kind of phrase of our Mitch, we'll turn the gun on ourselves 99.9% of the time just for the crack. Why not? You know, just, just to argue, to argue, just, you know... I mean, thankfully, I, I, I don't sit there well, with my season ticket. I sit behind just I'm not far from the 1892 bar, so I'm not really worried about it. But if they want to have an argument, they can go and have an argument. You know, it is what it is. But again, they're not done. They're probably not done yet. They probably need a bit of paint on it, a bit of sprucing up to look like Liverpool, to look like this, to look like that. So that's all I've got to say on that because I'm just probably getting yeah. riled up about it and... Don't yeah, no to. bother. Steve, is, is it? Am I right in, in thinking that that's it, it? It's it's similar to what we saw when we originally were shown what safe standing was all about in the nine bar years ago. Yeah, it is similar, but similar but different. In so much as there's a, there's a few little uh, design tweaks I think being made of it. But yes, the the whole idea was that the uh, <laughs> the seat is there for the European games where there's not, where standing is not allowed. Um, <sighs> So you have you get allocated a seat for that, but during the Premier League games and the FA Cup, the seat will be retracted and uh, be locked in place. Um, and yes, there's a barrier in front of you, and the whole idea of the barrier is that it's safe to stand and you can't go over the top. We'll have people complain saying the barrier's too high, the barrier's too low, um, the barrier's too wide, the barrier's not wide enough, it hasn't got somewhere for to put 
put a cup holder on. God knows what's going to come, you know, over the next few weeks. I dread to, I dread to think what their Twitter's going to be like um, after the first game of the season when it's going to, you know, people who have been in the safe stand area are going to go, well, there wasn't much atmosphere and anybody was singing. And you know what? That concrete floor, you can't stamp your feet as loud as we thought we could, you know? Um, or the segs in my boots are like damaging the concrete, you know? This is like what it's going to be like. We're just, but, uh, the, 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 the only intrinsic difference, I think, Steve, um, real difference was that the one, the system that we saw was going to allow three to one. So yeah. you're going to have three people for every seat that was allocated, but then the, the capacity would reduce um, during uh, a European game. So you would be able to get three times as many. So if there's, if there's 600 seats uh, allocated there in that corner, then it would have held 1,800 because you've been back to being close together, like it, like it was on the terraces. But the fact is that you can't go forward, and you can't go back. So you, you've you've got a barrier in front of you, and you've got a barrier behind you. That was the that was the whole gist of of what John Darch and the the lads in Germany were um, were putting together. So that's the difference that we'll that we'll see. Um, it's literally one to one. So it makes no advantage in terms of um, capacity, um, which. Let's face it; would have been perfect for Newcastle. You know, you imagine. I think a lot of people would have gone. You know what? If you can fill the Gallagher up with three times as many people, what an atmosphere that would have created. Then it would have looked like Dortmund. Um, and then, obviously, on the European games, you could you could decide that certain parts of that were, you know, were re- well, that area was then reduced. But um, because that's the rule that UEFA would, would impose. But uh, for league games, it would have been absolutely fantastic and helped with the demand. But uh, unfortunately, that's not the the system that's been brought in. Um, I think that that's more to do with the the Premier League and the FA um, and the license that was given for safe stand, and so it's it's out of the hands of the football club. But uh, it would have been good to think that we could have moved down that line. Um, decision was made after the trials. I presume uh, the trials that they had at Celtic, for example, uh, that was where it was tested first. And maybe it was felt that uh, you know enough was enough, enough people in. I know Stewie would be delighted that they weren't letting more in. <laughs> nothing. George, George, your thoughts on on the? Oh, he's away again. Stu, what's your what's your thoughts on the old uh, the safe standing? I mean, it, it is just more 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 people just complaining about things really than 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 ever before. Well, it is, there's, there's a right to complain about this team because I. As you know, I like to be positive. I like to be optimistic. I like to sit up on the like the bright side of life and things like that. But this safe standing one for one, I genuinely don't see the point in it. To me, it's it's just a waste of money. It's paying lip service. It's box ticking. It's it's just appeasement, and that money could be better spent elsewhere. Now, if it was as Steve mentioned, there uh, three for one, like three people to one seat, and it was congested like it was in what we look through our hazy, glazed eyes of, like, the good old days. You know, we can all, you always remember the best parts, like the school summer holidays when you were a kid. It was sunny every day. No, it wasn't, but you remember the good times. But if it was three for one, the and I had to stand in that now, I'm just grateful that they don't brew Newcastle exhibition anymore. Because imagine, <laughs> you crammed in like that. But if, you, if you're just having the, the seats replaced one for one, then to me, I think it would actually lose atmosphere because there'll be too much space. Uh, and that's that's got to be detrimental to Newcastle, who who play on the, the 12th man. The crowd genuinely do help the team. 
uh, and they do encourage the scheme and they can't intimidate the opposition. So if they made it like for every, every three seats, there was four fans or every two seats, there was three fans, then it makes sense, but financial sense as well. You know, it's which is which is important for the club. The the there would be extra revenue coming in, but just to say, okay, we've got safe stand because it's been suggested, aren't we? Nouveau riche, aren't we modern? Aren't we listening to everyone? Uh, to me, I, I don't. I generally don't see the point in it, and it's not often I'm like that over something that the club's doing. I don't see the benefit. Mitch, it's um, it's it's just it's become a bit of a farce. The the the, the whole. Safe standing, you know, complaints on on social media. We see it all the time. People twist on twenty one, but I, yes. yeah, I, I've got to be honest. I agree with Stu. I, I I do think it's a bit of a lip service. I think if we were if we were increasing the capacity, which is yeah. what we've been trying to do, then I think it would have been a worthwhile. I think it would have been a worthwhile thing to do. But the fact that it's one for one doesn't really make sense, does it? Well, Steve and I have discussed this with different people over the years, and I remember you know, seeing different variations when we were talking to Jay French and bringing potentially the Gagliardi family in. I think he he was talking about safe standing, but I think that was three to two, wasn't it, Steve? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a variation on the three to one, but it at least was an increase in capacity um, and seemed to be um, a little less prone to potential crushes because it was three to two rather than three to one. Um there's so many different ways it can go, but going one to one is going to upset people unnecessarily. They're just there's no point in yeah. creating that situation, and now people are complaining about it anyway. Maybe who even wanted it in the first place, but that's maybe because it's not the system they wanted. Maybe they were expecting three to one, and they turned around and got one to one, and then realised that actually this is a bit shit, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. the, the, I know Steve mentioned it earlier the railings are actually low and if uh, there is a natural surge you can't fall over and it, it does create more health and safety issues than it's meant to be stopping yep. and you can't Stu somebody may hate Tom <laughs> <laughs> they're still the same mate. we're all the same size line now Steve as apparently I've been told it, it, it all just adds up Again, like you're rightly saying, it's not often you hear Stu saying something like that. That it is just 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 feel like a a box ticking exercise to keep a certain certain sections of people in football happy. Yeah, and that's a frustration. I think you uh, remember as well, Stu and Steve. You'll remember, I'm sure, that uh, one one of the guys that we used to see in the in the nine bar um, on Stowell Street when you were running it. Um, said that structurally, uh, from a structural engineering point of view, uh, three to one just wouldn't wouldn't be allowed on the Gallagher because they said that the 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 way that the terrace had been put together, uh, the way that the development was done under Sir John, um, yeah. when the, when they created the new Gallagher end, um, if you then had suddenly the load of three to one um, as opposed to the one to one you've got at the minute, um, it it potentially uh, wouldn't be allowed. Um, just from a structural point of view, so maybe, maybe there were issues like that that, that that immediately eliminated the possibility of three to one. That was just someone who worked in that particular industry who knew a little bit about structural structural engineering. 
Um, it wasn't anything, anything official from the club. It wasn't anything official to do with safe standard, but it was certainly a comment that uh, that that somebody sat down with us and talked about at that particular time um, because he was working in the industry and had been involved with um, the development of uh, of the Gallagher end. So you know, it, it, there's there's an awful lot more I think to to you know demands from fans, but. Uh, you know, sometimes you go for the easy option, and uh, I think one to one was the easy option. Yeah, George, it's it's again, it's yeah, yeah. We've got you there, George. I'm trying to unmute you. you. You've muted yourself, George. I know you're having a few internet issues tonight. Can you unmute or not? I'll lead. I'll come to you whilst George sorts his technical side out. Safe, safe standing. It's just. Is it a bit of lip service to have the club just done this to try and you know just to try and keep certain fans happy? What what's what's your thoughts? Well, I didn't give uh, this topic much as just uh, normal reading, and I believe it's something to do with the uh, UEFA sh- champions. Just they went to make St James Park because they were uh, about to qualify to some Europe champion, and I think this is uh, just a condition. Is that it? I'm not really sure. It's really, it's really because a lot of fans have wanted it. You know, other clubs have got it, I believe. And and really, it's nothing to do with Europe. It's more uh, fans have, have wanted it. You know, they the, the put out a poll. Do people want safe standing? Yes, we do. Where do you want it? Well, we want it in the Gallagher Strawberry Corner. That would be the place to put it. So we've got it now. But I think what we what we all talking about here is that normally, you know, something like that would be done to try and increase the capacity. We're, we're constantly talking about wanting more people to come into the ground. So I guess, really, I think the disappointing thing with this is it, it's great that they've done it. It's great that they've listened to supporters. It's just it's not going to increase the capacity, I believe. Uh, I believe the fans usually here, and even in St. James Park, with uh, any dangerous attack uh, by the players, everybody's standing. So it doesn't really matter. And uh, for me, as long as I have a ticket, I don't mind if I'm seated or standing or hanging. <laughs> so it doesn't matter really much for me. Okay, George, we'll try and bring you in whilst you've come back. Cause you, uh, just, just to see if Stan, and what, what's your thoughts on all this, George? Oh, he's, he's, he's having a bad night tonight. We'll have to take him out, unfortunately. We're going to uh, go to the ads now. I'll try and fix George's issues uh, when we come back. A big thanks to all our sponsors. Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources, which are handmade in Cumbria. Their website is mrvickies.co.uk. If you want to contact the guys, email info at mrvickies.co.uk or telephone 01768 210102. Big thanks to New Workwear. Uh, they are an agile and dedicated workwear provider launched in 2018. For more information, go to the website newworkwear.com. Com. Big thanks, as always, to Media Arts for the help with the video side of things. If you want to support the channel, hit the subscribe button, become a subscriber today. Hit the thumb up under the video, which likes the video, and click share to share to your other social media. Click join if you want to become a member of the channel for as little as $1.99, or take a one-off payment uh, for the cult membership. You can get in via this QR code if you've got a smartphone, or look for membership pack on the website, nufcmatters.com. What do you get for your one-off £25 payment? You get a scarf, a pen, and a cup, and a membership card, and entry into the monthly draw. Don't forget, if you want a car sticker, all you need to do is subscribe to the show 
and then email John at NUFC Matters and he will post you a free car sticker out. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast providers. And we also support the food bank on this channel. NUFCfansfoodbank.co.uk is the virtual match day bucket where you can make a virtual donation 365 days of the year. The new Alan Shearer raffle is underway. 150 tickets at a pound a ticket. You could win a limited edition signed Alan Shearer ball from the 260 dinner. And now at nufcmatters.com. We've got a few events coming up. August the 5th sees Gavin Peacock at the Tyneside Irish Centre. Tickets are £10 and you can get them now from nufcmatters.com. Our Christmas event takes place on the 7th of December at the Tyneside Irish Centre. And that's an evening with Frank Clark. Tickets are £15 and available from nufcmatters.com. Finally, Waddle, Keegan, Beardsley and Friends, the class of 84, is on at the Town Theatre and Opera House on Westgate Road in Newcastle on Thursday, January the 25th. Tickets are now available from the Town Theatre and Opera House dot co dot UK or telephone 0844 That's the box office telephone number 0844 Okay, George is back. Are you with us, George? You're still muted, mate. Yeah. It's not looking. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've unmuted you. There, we're good. Give us your views on the safe, uh, the safe standing stuff. That's well, the, been going the on biggest this week. disappointment for appointment for me was the fact that um, it doesn't increase capacity, and I and I think that uh, it, 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 if it was going to be any good, that's what I would want to happen. To have all that upheaval and not get any ad- real advantage out of it is is to me is unnecessary, and it's causing all sorts of. Uh, Problems we could do without, and uh, that that's what disappoints me about it. The other thing is for me personally, um, I would I couldn't do it because I couldn't stand that long um, at the moment. Uh, so yeah, the disappointment is no more capacity. So so why do it? What's what's the point? You know. Okay, good stuff. Going to chuck one on you now, lads. Um, and and I know obviously you guys will be able to deal with it, but the arrival of Sandro Tonali this week. Um, the in, uh, Italy under-21 captain has been, uh, you know, been great for me. Great to see, you know, the, the publicity. Great to see him, um, you know, arriving. He looks, he looks like a, he looks just, he looks great. He's a professional footballer. He looks, he just looks like the kind of player that I expected him to look. It, it sounds weird, but just as he's, the, the first shots that we saw, and obviously we're pre-recording this and walking through the airport and stuff, I just think, wow, this guy's got. This guy carries himself well, and that's just, you know, do you know what I'm trying to say? He just looks, he looks the part. He looks, looks every inch the player. I just think he's going to be. A, I think he's going to be a new hero for us. So, the question is, um, we know that at some point he's going to get in the team. I want, to, I want you to name your midfield with Tonali in it. I'm interested to know. So let's go with George. Give us your team. Uh, give us your midfield, George. Tonali. So Tonali's in. I want to. Tonali, Bruno, and Bruno and uh, and uh, uh, Big Joe alongside him. That would be my three. Okay, Steve. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, Bruno, Tenoli. I think we might go for a, a, a four-man midfield. Um, I think there's a place for Joe Willock in among that. And uh, I think there's a place for, for Longstaff. Um, but more than likely, a place for Joe Linton. Um, but certainly, certainly the the the... I think you'd, with those two, I think you need a runner. I think you need someone with a little bit more pace. And I can see, I can see Willock fitting in really, really well with them. And you're right, he does look the, very much the supreme athlete. Um, he holds himself well. That's because he's about six foot four, isn't it? You know. So, um, and you know what it reminded me? It reminded me of that of the film when that we saw when Bruno arrived. Yeah, you know, that was what it was like. This is this is a lad. Who is going to come and take the place by storm? I think so. He knows yeah. he's good. Yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, I was struggling for the words there at the start. Uh, I just felt there wasn't an arrogance. There's just an assurance that he's just yeah, confident. He yeah. looks. He ju- you just know when yeah. he walks on that yeah. pitch that he's going to be coming off a winner, and and that's that's what we've bought. We've bought we've bought somebody who's going to win us things one hundred percent, Kevin. Give us, give us your midfield, mate. What, what, what midfield are you going to play? I mean, we've. Did you, did you give us your Steve, by the way? We yeah. need those. We need them. Those two. You forgot Anderson. You forgot Anderson. Go on, then, Kev. It depends on the shape, and it depends on the game. From me, that's how I see it. If it's a four-three-three, I will go obviously Tonali on the right side of the three. Bruno set. Um, and we'll just say Joe because I don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ah, you don't know which Joe. An ASM sitting on the top of the pivot. <laughs> well, with, with bandages on. No, um, in a four-two-three-one, I would obviously sit Bruno and Tonali, and I will put Joe Willick in in front of him. Yeah. And like Steve said, just with a bit of legs, bit of pace, and put Joe Lynn on the left side of the three. You know whatever of that front three of the two in front of the two sorry so again just depends on the on the shape what he what he plays but like you said he, he just looks a typical italian just a class act you know the way he dresses the way he just suave about himself confident bit of the housery about him you know he just he, he knows that he's arrived and he, i think he's ready to go and hit the ground running to be honest if he gets in the side of course you know but that's ready to decide yeah, I think we all know what Eddie Howe will do. He'll uh, he'll have to earn his place, but as long as he uh, you know plays up with the uh, the standards he's going to expect, then he'll be in. Uh, Mitch, what's what's your midfield then? Well, I think it would probably be opposition and game script dependent, but I think the the raw three that if he was to say right ways pick your best three, I I can't say past Bruno, Tonali, and Joe Linton. And then, then other people working around those three or swapping in for one of those three, depending on opposition and, and game script. Um, unless Eddie's got a total change of formation up his sleeve, which is entirely possible, because yep. there's absolutely no doubt towards the end of the season, I think we got worked out a little bit. Um, and I think you'll want to progress. So I, I think Let's see what kind of conversations we're having about what to start in midfield in another two weeks' time when there's maybe another two players through the door. Okay. Stu? 
the one word I'd use is choices. So, I mean, uh, about a, with Kev being a coach, his superior knowledge. And I like the idea of his formation as well, like a 4-2-3-1 with uh, Bruno and Tenali sitting there. I think that's something that could set up for at least five, six, seven, eight away games a season. But at, at home, and of course we're talking about the players in the squad currently at the time of recording, uh, I, I suspect that it would be Bruno uh, with Tenali and Joe Willock. And, and having ASM wide left, sorry, ASM, where did I get that from? Joe Linton wide left and Gordon wide right with Isaac down the middle. And then you've got the impact subs to come on. And this is what we've talked about phases. Like the first phase was like the, the Dan Burns coming in and the, the Brunos. Then we had the Botmans and the Isaacs. And now we've got Tenali and he's the first one of this new phase. And everyone that we say now will be of a higher quality than what we've already got. This is what Eddie Howe made quite clear in several of his press conferences. And so that would be my three. I would have Willick on the left so you can interact with Joe Linton. They can swap over and have either Tenali sitting or Bruno sitting the one doing the right because they can both do it. And I think to keep things easier, they might keep Bruno on the right initially, even though the song says he's in the middle uh, because he's got the familiarity of interacting with uh, whoever's on the right wing, whether that be Gordon, whether it be Almiron, whether it be Trippier, you know, on that side. He's, they've got that familiarity, so you're not breaking up too many of the triangles that they play. And have Tenali, not as much as in a holding role, but, but sitting in the in the middle. Because if you play in a 4-3-3, as we did when we were back in school, you didn't have a holding midfielder. You had three midfielders that were box to box. And if one went, two would cover. If two went, one would cover. And we, we have the athleticism to do that. And that goes back to my very first word was choices. And it's great that we're getting choices, but with proper quality. So I, w I would go with the Bruno, Willock and Tenali. OK. Alwaleed, your your midfield with Tenali in it. Uh, Bruno, Tenali and the next signing. <laughs> mm, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Jolinton, I think he will be better if we free him and uh, make him the left winger. I think we will benefit from him. Maybe it's now it's going to be the, the opposite. We put Jolinton on the middle if we need him, but I prefer him on the left winger so we'll get uh, extra tall player with his uh, improvement. Uh, so uh, so if, if now I can say uh, as most of you lads, Joel with them. You know what, Steve, as well, I, th I think it's just picking up something that, that, that the lads have pick, uh, said there. Alwaleed mentioned the next signing. Um, I, I think, having seen how the, the two Brazilian work, I wouldn't be surprised if the next signing was an Italian as well. Um, and I think that, that I think that, that sort of friendship and that sort of um, relationship that, that brews off the pitch as well as on the pitch in terms of partnerships and, and friendships. And I think I, I, that's why I think that Newcastle will go for another Italian. Um, and I also think that what we've seen is over the, over the, over the, the past few months is that, you know what, Eddie Howe's not, prepared, not, not frightened to change. He's not frightened to, to take players out 
we might find that Tenoli doesn't start like Bruno didn't start for the first few games. If he feels as though he's got to settle, especially after the lads just played in the in the Euro 21s and he might feel he needs a bit of a break. Um, so pre-season training might not be as intense for him as it is for the rest of the lads. So what what we've got is a, a very, very much a, a, a manager who is, yes, he's got the responsibility of managing the team, but he's strong enough now to be able to make those decisions and stick by them. Um, and I think that's, that all goes well for the club. I think all goes well for the team. And it's it's going to make it an even more exciting season for us. Um, roll on uh, roll on August. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Just just want to ask, um, we'll, start, we'll start with Albert, we'll go around the board again. And just, just about uh, the commitment from certain players. We, we've been talking about Tenali, we've been talking about the midfield, but Sean Longstaff and Jacob Murphy uh, have been training with... Uh, a local non-league team uh, to get ahead of the get ahead of the game fitness-wise, I believe. So they've been training with Newcastle Blue Star. I mean, that in itself tells you, you know, all you need to know about those two players, doesn't it? That they are so keen to to stay at Newcastle and get involved in what what hopefully will be another fantastic season. That they they are taking their fitness seriously. They're giving up the holiday to 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 get to get fit ahead of getting fit. Uh, exactly, and if the the player have uh, less skills, he can uh, make up to it, make make it up if he have uh, better stamina. So uh, this is really great from uh, from them, and really excited to see them uh, help uh, help us in the squad. And this is uh, any uh, they are great players, Jacob Murphy and uh, Longstaff. Uh, but we are talking about the, the starting lineup. They can, of course, they will start some games. Uh, but maybe they are thinking now about the Champions League. I think this is a bit of a pressure. So uh, I would like to see maybe a, a Spanish player uh, from Spain and also from Argentina. So this will uh, help us in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, he's chucking a few little uh, grenades in there, Al, the lead, isn't he? Uh, Stu, what's your uh, what, go on, what's your thoughts, mate, on, on those two? Um, just, doing well, the, just doing the extra yards. I mean, that's what you want to see. It's what you want to hear, isn't it? Yeah, the same two players you mentioned, Murphy and Longstaff, both Newcastle supporters. And, and I think if you take economics out of it, and it's a coin phrase, but I think both of them would do the same job for the club, even if they're on half the salary they're currently on. And these two were part of a small group of people that were going in for extra training under Steve Bruce. Not under Steve Bruce, when Steve Bruce was in charge. Yeah. Because of the days off, they was like, no, we need to do this. Uh, and and you need people like that in the squad who are committed, who can show what it means. And you can put Dan Byrne into that as well who shows what it means, the pride to play for, for the club that you love. And and I think when we talk about what do you want, you want 100%ers. Those two with Dan Byrne, being local lads or supporters of the club, they, they really are living the dream. And you've got to give them every credit for what they're doing. It's Newcastle Blue Star they're training with, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, which is now in Scotsman, I believe, rather than up yeah. next to the airport. So good luck with the cars down there as well when they're training. So the the the, the difference is for me. I think Murphy has probably had the best season he's ever going to have. 
I don't think there's much more of a ceiling for Longstaff. And and I say that not disrespectfully, I say that because he's had a fantastic season. I don't think there's much more he could give to the team. But in, in saying all that, he's if he's ever in the team, I don't think any of us would be disappointed if whether it's rotation or injury or suspension through one of the starting eleven. He's proved himself to be more than a capable uh, replacement. But I would still be very surprised if he did not, if Longstaff did not start this season playing for Newcastle for the reasons that Mr. Hasty was given there. For Tenali, he's got so much. He's got a new culture. But more importantly, he's got a new language. He's got to learn tactics, what people are saying to each other. And I, and I think someone like Sean Longstaff, long-term, will help Tenali and help Newcastle because it's very easy for Eddie Howe to sit there and say, see what this guy does for us. This is what we expect you to do, but sprinkle your little gold dust on top of it. See the effort he makes, see the runs he makes, see the covering he does. This is why we bought you. You have to prove you're better than him to get in that team. And that's what they did with Bruno. He was bled in over five or six games. They did it with Botman at the start of last season as well. So it's great we've got capable replacements long-term, because I know your question was at the, with the three midfielders at the start of the season. Uh, sorry, eventually, eventually. So I think at the start of the season, the, the start of 11 will be very similar to last season's and let the new guys watch, savour the atmosphere, see what's expected them off the road. It's okay showing them on a, on a board, on a flip chart or on a iPad or whatever, but actually seeing it in reality, this is what we want you to do. And as we've mentioned, tonight, he's got the swagger, he's got the confidence, he's own ability. Yeah, I can do that, but in Italian, obviously, until he learns Jordi. I can do that. And then eventually he gets his 20 minutes, then he gets his 30 minutes, then he, he gets himself into the team. And we as a team, as Newcastle United, will be better for it. Mitch, it's just good to see, isn't it? It just sends the right message out. Throughout the dressing room. And it's quite clear from that trip to Riyadh when when Sean and, and, and Jay were ruled out to speak to the fans. The, the respect... And the influence they silently have over the dressing room. There's no doubt about that. They're a key part of the squad. And they're sending signals out pre-season. Well, we're up for it. You've got to be up for it. Um, I think it's a fantastic message to send to the rest of the squad. And, and I think you're seeing why Eddie Howe wants to keep certain characters in the dressing room. Because he, they're building a potentially a legacy, and and he, he wants to introduce every aspect of what makes a squad great, and they have two real proper grafters like them laying down a marker pre-season. I think name me another squad that's got that in it at the minute, and I don't think there is, and so you know. The, all power to both Jacob and Sean for taking it on themselves to go the extra mile. There's not many professional footballers do that. You know, so Bobby Robson's favourite famous quote about how do you make a rich man sweat? Well, tell him to go and train because of the Blue Star pre-season, probably. <laughs> <laughs> George, good to see these guys playing a little part in, in, in Newcastle Blue yeah, Star. Yeah, I, I mean, think it's, it's good publicity for the local team as well. Well, and 
Well, and helping the local team, I was just about to say that. And actually, I've got a soft spot for Newcastle Blue Star because if you recall a couple of seasons ago when they brought a new strip out, I bought a couple for our Neil and uh, one for me and, and we advertised them on the platform on a couple of programmes and we wore them. And out of that, I've got a, a free season ticket for Blue Star anytime I want to go. <laughs> and uh, well, the one match I did get to, they give they give us a they give us a tour of their facilities. And the facilities are fantastic. They're growing very very quickly, and they're being promoted this year. So the fact that they're into that with a local club, encouraging, great. Doesn't surprise us one bit that they're the two that are doing it though, because that's that's what they seem to be like. I mean. And a good characters around the uh, around the club. Jacob Murphy, when he was substituted that time, and he, he just had a big smile on his face because he he knew the manager had no choice. He didn't kick off. He just he just took it and and got involved in it. And and his face when he scored that goal as well against Spurs. No, you you can't have too many of them around the dressing room uh, just to fill in with the with the the superstars, if that's what you want to call them. No, no, I think it's great and, and uh, do them no harm and certainly um, uh, great to get the publicity for, for Blue Star as well. Yeah, Steve? Look, local lads going out in close season doing training. Where have we heard that before, Steve? Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. Stevie Watson. He did it, didn't he? Lee Clark mm -hmm. did it. Um, yeah. whole, Robbie Elliott. Robbie Elliott. They all did it with Blackie, if you remember. I remember actually Clarky running along Chilly Road on a Sunday evening, just out to doing a little bit more leg work, you know, and uh, I'm going in the other direction and we're passing each other. And that happened quite regularly because that's what Lee was like. He, he just couldn't stop himself. He wanted to be fit. But he did it at a period in his in his career where he thought his chances were under threat. So he wanted to get the, that extra edge, that little bit of uh, little bit of work you know, behind the scenes so that when he when the when the lads turned up, he was fitter and, and the manager would notice it. Maybe it's a northeast thing, maybe it's a local thing. Um or maybe it's just footballers being very, very switched on and seeing. The other thing to remember of course is that Jacob and Sean were both injured at the end of last season. We didn't see Jacob for the last few games. So maybe he felt as though he needed to do that extra little bit of work, but in a in a sensible way just to tone the muscles and tone the body. And somebody was shown with the injury that he had. You know, he was out for a few games, came back towards the back end of the last couple of games. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is professional footballers putting in the extra yards, and it's, it's great. I just hope that they are also being supervised by the physios. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're not just going out on a whim and uh, also going training afterwards with the lads from Blue Star and having a few pints at the Valham or at the Denton Hotel afterwards. Uh, I don't think that happens these days. Maybe <laughs> card. Yeah, maybe if it was Clark E or maybe if it was Stevie Watson, uh, maybe the lads would have been entertaining them in the in the in the Denton Hotel afterwards, but uh, not now. <laughs> Kevin, it's a refreshing story, isn't it? It's a feel-good factor story made by the players, not by the the club this time. Yep. It is, and just to follow on, Mitch said again, it's benchmarks, standards, character within the team. However, just to go a little bit deeper than that, I know, obviously, within my world, every player would, after the preseason, would have had an individual action plan sent to them. Yeah. And they would have had to follow that to literally a T in terms, yes, have your break, have your relax. You know, you've had a fantastic season, but as I've set a certain date up until when they get when they're back in full, uh, full preseason, you have to follow this meticulously across X amount of period of time to get to the level of fitness 
where you need to be on day one. We're not going to start day one to where we need to get you before our first game. You have to be at this certain level. Um, I've seen pictures of Miggy do it. I've seen you know others um, as well. So it's not yes, we're the two local lads, but well, I've wrote, written it down when you, you're, everybody was talking. To, for Newcastle, uh, Newcastle Blue Star players to see two first-team pros from Newcastle United show up to see how what they do and what their work ethic is bodes well for that team and and see how they do it. Yes, injury injury a little bit or you know in their real rehabilitation, but it just it's it's fabulous to hear. Um, got a bit of I played a Blue Star back in the day when it was at the airport in terms of with, with college and stuff like that. So it, it's steeped in history within the local area you know it, 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 it like i said it's if i if i was playing for blue star and i see sean longstaff and jake and murphy rocking and and say oh shit i've got to work hard today uh, you know they're going to show up and they're going to work hard so i'm going to try and match them and see where i am as a amateur semi-pro or whatever they are to see where my actual fitness level is and plus on the other side, I'm going to push you as a blue star player to say, "Okay, I'm going to outdo you." You know, so there's that banter, there's that football community within the city, anyway. But it's just nice to, for anybody to go to a local football club and do a bit of fitness. I'm sure they'd be happy to have them along even further down the road in, in the next year. Get Tenali along, you know, get him in. You know, this is true. You know, this is see what it's like. You know, this is our local grassroots and probably fitter than half of the Premier League team, Blue Stockers, who have to run their nuts off. But yeah, it's just wonderful to see. Um, and again, it's just standards. It's just the anyhow way. If you're not going to be involved in this process, you know, you've got to, A, I'm not going to hold your hand and tell you what to do. You've got this plan in place. You, you've got to go and actually do it, be a bit independent and actually be a pro and do your job. Yes, you have a holiday, everybody has them, but at the same time, go and be a professional footballer, go and do outside what you, your normal realm of work is to get better. I'm not going to tell you every two seconds what to do. You're grown out, you're grown an American phrase, you're grown grown ass adult. You know, go do it. Conversely, Alan St. Maxman probably wouldn't have done it. He just run he just runs up and down a tennis court. That's all he would have done by himself. So that's just the, the two polar extremes of 90% of the squad, but one, you know, so that's just my opinion on that. But yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. It's great that we're Kev's just segued in, in a full circle there. We started off talking about the SM and we've finished with the yeah. SM written up the training plan that the club sent them. Exactly. And, and or, or mistaking it for hills and tennis courts. <laughs> yeah. think Kev, you think Kev knew what he was talking about, wouldn't you? You would, you would. Fantastic, Kev. Um, I mean, I've worked hard at it, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, that's that has been great, lads. Pre-recorded show, of course, but uh, plenty to talk about, as always. Great to see you. Thanks to Alwali. Thanks to Stu. Thanks to Mitch. Thanks to George. Technical uh, problems. Thanks to Sooty. Thanks to Steve Hasty. <laughs> and thanks to Kevin. Take care, lads. See you again yes. soon. Yes. See you all, We still lads. do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcasting video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or 
you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Thank you.